Welcome everybody to the Game Informer Show, a weekly podcast covering the video game industry. Join us every Thursday for discussion of the latest gaming news, reviews, and exclusive reveals alongside Game Informer staff and special guests from around the industry. I'm your host, Alex Van Aken, and today I'm joined by Marcus Stewart. How you doing, Marcus? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being here, dude. We're also joined by Kyle Hilliard. How you doing, Kyle? Good. It's finally time, man. It's finally here. Yeah, I, I didn't talk to you guys about this before, but I feel like we could like unveil y'all as like co-hosts of the GI show now. Oh, okay. I, that's not yeah, what the time cool I was talking I was oh, talking about it's time for Zelda, but we could talk that's it's time for that too. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we haven't talked about I haven't talked about that, but uh well we've talked about it a lot, but just not on the show, right? Right, right. Yeah. If people right. haven't been noticing you two have been on like every episode for almost every episode for the last several months right yeah um and that was kind of intentional and uh you know i we should probably i should probably at some point i don't know probably make it a bigger deal but i was just sitting here i was looking at you two gentlemen you know brian brian's also there but he's got his own podcast (laughs) um i was looking at these two guys i was like the co-hosts man look at that um anyways we are lastly rounded out by the host of all things nintendo our online content director, Brian Shea. Hello. Hey, thanks for having me. Talking all yeah. about Zelda stuff. Excited. I know. I'm uh, I'm very excited. Before we jump into Zelda, just a reminder, uh, if you go to GameStop.com slash Game Informer, you can now buy single issues of the magazine. Uh, and uh, yeah, do with that information what you will. They're $5.99. It's a great way to support us. Uh, if you don't have a subscription and don't want one, or maybe you... Just want to send a copy to a friend that really likes a certain game that's on the cover. Uh, you can buy those uh, again, GameStop.com slash Game Informer. All right, let's not waste any time. People have seen the headlines. They want to hear from Kyle and Brian, who have been playing Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Kyle, you have beaten the game. Let's start with you, and then we'll go to Brian. How is it? Is it everything we hoped it would be? Is it bad? <sighs> well, this no. changed my life, Kyle. Uh, Marcus, no, uh, but Alex, it's fantastic. It's so good. It's so freaking good. <laughs> I, like, I got it's it. It's a relief. Yeah, I got it on, let's see, I'm trying to think of my timeline, because it, it's funny, because I really want to talk about it a lot, but I don't want to talk about it in depth. I don't want to reveal uh, details from it. Like, we, as sort of video game journalist people, were sometimes frustrated by how little Nintendo wanted to talk about Tears of the Kingdom. We knew so little going into the game, but it's ultimately a boon for the experience. Like it does make the game fun to know like so little about it going in, you know? So I want to make sure people retain that. I want people to have the same sort of similar experience I did, which is like really knowing not very much, but I I can give you my valuative opinion, which is like, I freaking love it. It's such a good game. It's a great follow-up to Breath of the Wild. Um, But yeah, I got it on a Wednesday afternoon and I mm-hmm. let's say so that's like Wednesday afternoon, then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, six days, Monday night at like 4 a.m. I beat it. Um, Dang. So like I I <laughs> and it's not like just to be clear, this isn't because there was some directive from high above that was like you got it. My deadline actually was pushed up a little bit compared to the online embargo that a lot of other outlets uh, are probably going to uh, stick yeah. to. For, like I actually had to hit a print deadline. 
But just just because I want to make it clear that like I if we needed to push the review back to the next issue, we would have. Like it, it's not you know like we could have yeah. made that decision. But I was happy. Like it's the it's maybe the only game that I would have just like gone all in. Like just lost sleep. Uh, didn't eat as much as I should have. Neglected working out. Like I stayed up late. I loved it. It's so good. It's so consistent there's always something to do i my clock on my switch now which is now we're looking at about i don't know what do you think brian like 12 days of playing for you yeah, and me, i think something like that i meant 70 hours and i think like rough estimate i've maybe seen like maybe about 70 percent of the game something like that i still have so much left to find and do uh it's, it's so it's huge. huge yeah and like that accounts for like um the there's like the, you you've got hyrule again right it is essentially the same hyrule but they've changed so much and the way you interact with it feels so different to the point where like as i'm playing i i even would think sometimes i was like i think them taking hyrule and, and adjusting it and changing it may have been more work than if they had just started from scratch like i don't know if really? that's true i'm not a game developer maybe they would look at me like i'm insane if i said something like that but it just it's so different that there are and the way you interact with it is so different that it like it seems really hard like even just the um ascend right the ability to sort of go through any ceiling above you Mm -hmm. i can't even imagine the sort of work that went into making sure that works as well as it does everywhere in the world like it's insane how useful that tool is and how much it changes how you move around it's it's nuts, man. It's just absolutely somewhere out nuts. there is a senior programmer that got a b- very big raise. From coming up that idea <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> making man. that possible. And yeah. And like the one of my biggest fears, you know, going into the game was Ultra Hand was scary. Right. It was this intimidating thing. Is it too versatile? Is it going to make me doing, you know, playing with Legos too much? And it, it, it does a great job of like it can be if you want it to be. I think when the game comes out, there's going to be a lot of really creative people that do cool things with it. But for me, who's just like enjoying the Zelda adventure and not really interested in building contraptions as much as I am solving puzzles and things like that, it's it's great. It's very like lets you interact with it and engage with it as much or as little as you want and still be successful and still just feel really proud of yourself when you make something. Like there's a lot of things where it's like, I got to get from this sky island to this sky island. There's a pile of materials figure it out and it's like you can spend you don't spend so much time with it that it feels ridiculous but then when you figure it out and you like make some kind of contraption to get you from one sky island to the next like it feels great you just like feel like a freaking genius and that's like every 10 minutes in this game you just feel like a super genius all the time it's interesting on that note because i've gone back and watched some of the old trailers because they were so cryptic the the trailers before launch were so cryptic for this game and I remember when, like, they first showed off, like, here are the powers that Link is going to have. Bef- I think this was before Aonuma did that that gameplay demo, describing all- what all of them were. And there was a sequence where Link was, like, approaching a group of Bacoblins, and he had, like, what looked like a makeshift mech. And do you remember that scene? Yeah. And I-, I never did anything like that in my gameplay. So it's like, you could do some really wild stuff, but if you don't feel compelled to you don't have to and that's really the thing that i think is 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 to this mechanics credit is that like 
it gives you the flexibility to do as much as you want, but it also gives you the flexibility to just kind of do what you need to do to get to the next part. I do. I do have a question for, for both of you. I was responsible, responsible for doing the video version of our, of Brian's hands-on preview a few weeks back. And a lot of that centered on like building contraptions with the Zonai rockets and the fans and stuff. And I guess I have this worry in my head, like, okay, I've seen all that that piece of gameplay has to offer now. And it's, there's not going to be like any sort of like wonder attached to that aspect of the game. Do you feel like, does it, does it go further than that? Or is it more so just like solving puzzles with that tool set? I mean, there are a ton of different Zonai devices that you, that didn't, you did not see in that preview footage. Oh, good. Okay. Um, if, you're, if you're concerned specifically yeah. about that, there are yeah. like different device dispensers will give you different items. So like this one will give you like these three or four things. And when you discover it, you can actually look on the map and say, all right, well, I need like fans, for example. You can go and see like, all right, well, is this Zonai device dispenser that's next to me have it? And you can look on the map and it'll tell you like, oh, no, it has like these four, but not fans. So you don't have to worry about that. Like there's tons of, of different Zonai devices. There's also, you'll run into Zonai devices also that are like, I don't know what the practicality of this is. What does yeah. this even do? <laughs> like, what is the functionality of that? Oh, and cool. then the brilliance of the design of the game is that it manufactures a puzzle about how to use this item. And then you have that in your head to take other places for like, you know, like, I, I'm not going to give you a specific details, but there's a couple items that I was like, I don't even know what is the point of this. And then you'd find uh, a puzzle that uses it explicitly. And it kind of, ex and, and it's that thing I love is that it doesn't tell you how it works. It shows you how it works and makes you figure it out on your own. And it, it I love it for that reason. Man, okay. That, that makes it feel good. I have one question. I'm trying, and I've been this whole time listening to you guys. I've been trying to like measure what I want to ask because there's <laughs> yeah, like, I, I'm, I'm trying know, right yeah exactly I'm trying to keep myself like in the dark more or less but uh how well does the game run compared to Breath of the Wild it's 30 right it's not hitting 60 um I did occasionally have a little bit of a slowdown mostly when I would run into it was uh when there were a lot of enemies um there I there weren't really any because like the problem with breath of the wild early on was like there were certain areas that you would go to and just being in there would kind of make it chug a little bit i didn't really run into that but i did that's not to say there's no chugging at all it happens occasionally but it's really connected to like oh there's like 12 bokoblins nearby so and that's it i remember um, i replayed breath of the wild about two years ago now and I was surprised by how often it chugged and like how often it was like, oh, wow. Yeah, like this is definitely like a Switch launch title. They haven't really figured out this console yet. And I think that kind of holds true for Tears of the Kingdom in that like this is a game that is coming out six years after this console has come out. And yeah, it's doing some advanced stuff, but it does run better, I believe, than Breath of the Wild, at least in my memory of uh, the, the two playthroughs of Breath of the Wild that I've done and then this recent playthrough of Tears of the Kingdom. I think that comparatively, Tears of the Kingdom runs a little bit better. I was going to say, because like, I, I I expect that to maybe chug at points just by nature of the, the hardware, but I also hoped it would be better across the board since unlike Breath of the Wild, this was developed only for Switch and didn't have to, you know, it wasn't made to run on last-gen hardware too. I mean, I did have a fear going into it, which I think everyone does, is that there are a lot of Switch games that you play on Switch where you're like, oh boy, we could really use a refresh on the Switch. 
you know what i mean like yeah. this yeah. just feels like crap compared to like what i'm playing elsewhere and i didn't really feel that way with tears of the kingdom like obviously i still would love a switch refresh i'm ready for that it's time but during my playtime with tears of the kingdom i never really felt like anything was being held back because of the hardware good okay because i did feel that in in pokemon yeah oh, like yeah, pokemon is a yeah a, a great example of that where you while you're playing that you're like this is fun but man this switch is not <laughs> keeping up here did not feel that way with tears of the kingdom okay good good that makes me feel feel better yeah brian I, I feel like we haven't let you kind of dive into your overall thoughts yet um you know obviously it seems like you like it but uh where are you at with it i am really having a great time so i have not quite beaten the game yet i am currently uh about 50 hours deep as we're recording this and i am making kind of like final preparations i believe for what i think is going to be kind of like the final stretch i'm kind of going around and like getting link stronger and everything to kind of make that final push that's my my current status um but i'm i'm loving it i i think that the again i'm trying excuse me because i'm kind of trying to talk around like spoiling anything or like giving away too much information i think the uh the puzzles and the the combat encounters are thoughtfully created and designed um the like I, i really enjoy some of the the boss battles that are presented this time. I don't think it's a spoiler to say there are boss battles. <laughs> yeah, I like I like them more this time. Last time they were all kind of like just different versions of Blight Ganon or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it better than that this time? Or is, oh, yeah. is there more variety? Okay. Yeah, they are, uh, I, again, uh, not trying to spoil anything, but they are distinct enemies this time. Good. Okay. That was something I felt like I was I was missing from from breath of the wild and it was like every time i would get to the end of one of those guardian you know puzzles and get to the end of it be like oh it's just this guy again but now he has a sword and he dashes around instead of having you know whatever so that that's very exciting how do you guys feel uh again i don't expect you to spoil or any specifics but overall about the story do you like it better or worse than breath of the wild story or where you guys at with that well i'll, I'll speak to it first because i have seen it to its end um I, I i like it i like the story a lot i think there's a good hook early on to like a conceit that kind of like you'll you'll kind of be like oh i see what's happening here and i like this this is cool i will say it doesn't sort of you know get outside of the zelda box in terms of story necessarily it doesn't feel like a huge departure of like what every zelda story ultimately is but that's not to say it's bad it's it's just it's not like I think people are going kind of going into it with this expectation of it, like, like evaluating how they tell stories in Zelda, and that's not really what's happening uh, in Tears of the Kingdom. But I really liked it. I think I liked it more than I would say I liked it more than Breath of the Wild. I think I did like the sort of the plot uh, more. I think it's more interesting. Yeah, is it told through like is it is the story more present? In yeah. Tears of the Kingdom. Like, is it presented in, the oh same boy, way you guys. What <laughs> <laughs> was that? <laughs> We're poking at some bear, some uh, hornet's nests here, I think. I don't know. What do you think, Brian? What's what's there to say? I don't know. It's told in a different way. Like, you're not, okay. Okay. You're not Link going around and finding memories from Link's past and, like, remembering stuff that has happened in Link's life. And, That's like, my main question. You're not um, an amnesiac right. again. No. But but yeah, there are def- definitely elements that you are kind of walking up to with these questions that we probably don't want to give too much away. 
and from just like a gameplay and like design do you guys feel like you know there's so many like hopes and dreams and just like wild <laughs> ideas about what you could do in this game do you guys feel like overall you were able to satisfy like your wildest like ambitions with this <laughs> game or just like your weirdest ideas i'm trying i don't yeah. want to ask specifically the wildest things you of guys course. made because i don't want to know yet but do you think you could do stuff in the way we one thing that we should we should mention i guess because i talked about it a fair bit with brian is um i i it, the review score for the game the review is on gameformer.com i gave it a 9.75 right uh, i didn't go the 10 route but i did i did think about it a lot i considered it and it ultimately came down to because i did review breath of the wild for game informer as well back in was this six years ago now and i gave that a 10 because that one felt like the sort of just explosion that was going to ripple through the game industry for years to come and i think and i feel like that's true like i still feel strongly about that 10 to this day like that sort of re that everyone who maybe not everyone but i i played that game and i felt like it sort of sort of rewired my brain and how to think about open world games and how to think about zelda how to think about the genre and like and that kind of thing and tears of the kingdom for me like i i didn't i i didn't have those same like goosebumps of like this is going to change everything right because you are in a familiar place and they're in a structurally similar to breath of the wild so like it it's does I don't think it's going to have that same colossal impact that Breath of the Wild had, but it, it is just still a phenomenal game. It's a Mario Galaxy to Mario Galaxy 2 situation where it's like Mario Galaxy 2 is this fantastic iteration of Mario Galaxy 1, but when we think about the impact of that specific game in the timeline of video games, we kind of just group them together and say mario galaxy right i still think in like five years we're going to like refer to like breath of the wild right um now that being said i do think the big sort of impactful success of tears of the kingdom is ultra hand and like how you use it and how and what it lets you do and i've lost the thread of what your question was marcus but i just wanted to highlight that i think like i was scared of ultra hand in the beginning and and now i'm like I really embrace it and love it and use it. And I think it really lets you be creative. It li really gives you a lot of player agency and how you solve nearly every puzzle or even combat scenario in the game. And I think that's like, that's really cool and interesting. And that's going to be tears of the kingdom's legacy is like ultra hand. Remember ultra hand and how that, and what that did to that game. It, it, it's, it's, it's huge. Yeah. Like that was kind of my question was basically like, is it as um, it, there's like, it's not surprisingly limited was what I was worried about. No. Of like you go in and you're no. like, oh, there's more like walls here than I I, I thought there would be. You no, know? there's like it, there's there's fewer walls maybe. And then like you just, the way you jump over those walls is completely, it feels completely different because you don't have the the runes from the first game. You don't have bombs. You I, don't have to have, I keep having to remind myself yeah, of that. Like, which is fun because it's like now when you come across a river that you need to cross, you know, instead of going into your well and being like, okay, well, I'll get my freeze, I'll get my ice cubes out and I'll move across. Maybe I use my bombs in some way or something. Or like now you you're you have to rethink every encounter in the game like that because it's like, oh, I wait, now I have to, well, what can I do? I guess I could ascend over there or maybe I use Ultra Hand to create something to get across. And it just like, I love ultimately that it takes place in Hyrule because it's like you have this familiar setting but you're looking at it through these new lenses, which are these new runes. And it's it's really cool and really, it's fun to revisit that place with these new abilities. Oh yeah. I don't know what I'm gonna do without bombs because that was like, 
my go-to. Same, yeah. Especially with like some combat scenarios. Well, I mean, hey, there yeah. there are bomb flowers that you can you can okay, find yeah. and and put them in your inventory, and then if you need a bomb, like just pull that out. That's I I, I would just abuse that thing though. And it's like... amazing because you can actually you can you can fuse <laughs> the bomb flowers onto your arrows and turn make bomb arrows or like and you know any number of things onto your arrows. That's the thing I, I don't think we've talked enough about is the fuse mechanic because. I, one of your tips that uh, you'll be able to find on GameInformer.com pretty soon here, Kyle, is that you know you just should fuse everything. Like you should fuse like as soon as you get a weapon, you should be looking around at like in your inventory or on, at like stuff around in the environment that you can fuse to it to increase the attack power. Because I, I remember early on, I was like, wow, there's like no like good weapons that I'm finding in this game, and then like quickly I was like, oh, because I'm supposed to be using this fuse tool and. Like, I would turn, like, a 12-power, uh, like, Claymore into, like, a 36-power something by attaching, like, a, a rare Bacoblin horn or something like that to the end of it. And it's, like, you are meant to just experiment and break this stuff and add, like, different uh, element stuff to your, your weapons and shields and arrows and all kinds of stuff. So Fuse is, I think, a, an underutilized mechanic, at least by me. I'm sure everybody else is going to dive right in with it, but it's, like, something... That because I've played Breath of the Wild so much, it's like I've had to like remind myself to use these mechanics. I'll be trying to like climb up to a, a tall thing, and I'll be like, "Wait, idiot! There's a roof or there's a ceiling. Like just yeah. <laughs> uh, ascend through it." And it's like I was trying so hard to like figure out how to get through there, and it's like, no, I, all I needed to do is remember that there are different mechanics in this game. Between the both of you, uh, what would you say roughly is like your individual ratios versus like fusing something that wound up being a viable like thing versus fusing stuff that was like useless or like well dumb or silly or weird that's the thing the one th the one thing i want to piggyback on brian is saying is like the big ult like which i didn't really expect going into it but the big advantage of fuse is it makes literally everything you pick up value more valuable everything like everything becomes because like in the last game everything you picked up could be put into uh, a recipe and that was its main value but now it's like that still exists, and then you could also use it with everything else. But in terms of like, like my big thing was like I would just fuse weapons to other weapons, right? Like it basically doubles your inventory because it's like, oh, there's two swords on the ground. I'm just gonna fuse them together, and then I have like a sword, really long sword. sword. Yeah, it really sword. says that. It's like this is just like a yeah. sword. I'm trying to picture what that looks. Yeah, like. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, so like that's, you can fuse I, like a, a long stick with like a sword on the end of it. And now you have a yeah. long stick with a sword. <laughs> yeah right. yeah and then and then like the the sort of like maybe the one like the few disappointments that you run into early on that kind of i didn't end up experimenting too much with is like well what if i put this acorn on this staff and it's like well that gives it like one extra attack point <laughs> you know so that might be the one instance marcus where you're kind of like well i don't need to like fuse every vegetable to every weapon yeah, but I'm you do wonder, find like, how many duds can i expect <laughs> i mean there's a lot because there's just a lot of just you know stuff that you would generally use for cooking that you can find but then you can like the other thing is like it's almost like a good tip early on is like don't don't forget that you can just fuse like everything like you can fuse stuff to your weapons that like like zonai devices can be fused to your weapon and that was something that i didn't even really consider until much later you can fuse zonai devices to your shield and make like a proper snowboard you know <laughs> and like some weird stuff like that it's 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 another one of those instances where it's like 
I understand why this game took so long because they had to account for every sort of combination here, and it's why I would love to see the flow chart for like all the combinations. <sighs> that Excel document's got to be ridiculous. Yeah. I also, Brian, I don't know if you do this a lot too. I just like we'll just fuse two shields together, so I just have like a double shield. Oh no, <laughs> I, like, I have yeah, not done that. No, that's I do that all. It's like oh, I'm out of room for shields, but there's one that looks pretty cool on the ground. Well, I'll just fuse it to this other shield I have, and now I got a double shield. <laughs> well, there's one time where, like, you need to have, like, a, um, again, talking around spoilers, there's, like, you need, use, you need to use water to your advantage. And rather than going into my inventory constantly to, like, throw a, a, a water thing at, at the, the stuff that I'm needing to target, I just fused a, a, a water zonai device onto my shield and every time i needed it, i just brought my shield up and like basically like sprayed water that way and like, it's, like it encourages you to think outside the box and it usually rewards you for making kind of bold decisions like that, that's kind of carried over from breath of the wild's exploration and like now it's just a, a core conceit of the en- entire game really you can organize your uh, inventory by most used oh that's so helpful and I'm curious, and it, it's going to be awesome. fun to see what everyone's list looks like because it's not like you can manually do it. I don't think you can even pick favorites. You just kind of automatically pick favorites just by the nature of what you're fusing. So, like, I have bombs really high up my list because I'm always attaching them to arrows and then, like, rockets. I uh, end up, Zonai rockets, I end up using a lot as well. So, those are kind of like high up in my list. But it'll be fun to see what everyone's list looks like. Mine is, is uh, Bright Bloom Seeds. Oh, yeah. That, that's, well. No spoilers, okay. but that's my number. I was gonna one. say, does it? <laughs> and like when it says most used, does it save like a database of everything you've combined? Like once you make it, it's like logged in, so you remember. Like if I find a combination I like, it'll remember that I can do that, so I don't have to, you know, think about it later. Of like, oh, what was that thing I made before that was really helpful? I forgot two things I have to put together to do that. I, I, you know what? I don't think it does. It, it it keeps track of recipes now, so you can you can reference like meals you've made, which is handy. That's so uh, especially helpful. for like potions and stuff. It's like, wait, how do I make the health potion? Okay, right. It's a cricket and a this. Okay, but you know what, Marcus? I don't think it keeps track. I don't think there's a list of things you've combined, like fuse recipes. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. But I, unless I'm missing that, I don't know. I don't think there is. Um, yeah. But there, yeah, there are def- definite registers of like your combinations in like recipes. It's nice because like now because there's recipe cards. You can like say like you're like oh there's this one recipe that I did that like gave me extra attack power, and I all I know it, it involved like using like steak and like a bunch of herbs or whatever. You just go to the steak and it hit select for recipe, and it'll bring up all the recipes that you've cooked with that steak, and you can choose you can scroll through it and be like oh it's this one that uses these four other ingredients, and you can select that recipe, and if you have all the ingredients, you'll automatically hold all those ingredients and you just cook right away. It doesn't make you go through and find all those ingredients. Yeah. Oh, another another really subtle but important quality of life thing is if your inventory is full, if you have all your weapon slots pulled oh, yeah. out and you open a chest and there's a weapon in there that you want, in Breath of the Wild, you had to close the chest, get rid of a weapon and reopen the chest. Now there's just a button where it's like, hey, do you want to drop a weapon to pick this one up? And it takes oh, like half nice. a second. And that's like, it's such a small thing. To the point where I'm like, this probably should have been patched into Breath of the Wild, if we're being honest here. <laughs> but it, it is it is really handy just to have that little quality of life improvement. No, that sounds great. Yeah. Ugh, good game, so you guys. Excited. It's so good. <laughs> I do have one closing thought. Maybe this. Maybe we get into this in future weeks. This is you better talk about it now, Alex, because we're not talking about 
Tears of the Ever Kingdom again, again after yeah. this. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in for all things Nintendo tomorrow. <laughs> and, and tell me if we should talk about this later, but can Zelda ever go back to what it was in term before pre Breath of the Wild? Uh like ooh. I think it no like no physics you know systems <sighs> I, and hmm, turning removing the sandbox elements. Could Zelda ever go back to that now? I could see them doing the Resident Evil approach of like either remaking the old ones like in that style or like they just have a smaller team that does the top down stuff and then another team does the breath of the wild big 3d ones and they kind of alternate that's like my personal wish list to get the best of you know yeah because i i do miss i would love like a link between worlds follow-up or something like that but i feel like the capcom blueprint i i don't see them why they couldn't do that if they wanted to yeah, but that that's a good question, Alex. I, I think that main team, right, the A-team for Zelda, whoever that would, would be, I don't know what their title is or what they're called internally. Do you know, Brian, off the top of your head? We just always refer to them as Nintendo. Yeah, the way like we R&D. refer to them. I mean, yeah, R&D <laughs> or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, the best developers have the most boring names. They're just like <laughs> uh, Business Division 3 or whatever. Isn't that like Yeah. Funny? But, um, I mean... I I, th- I think we will see a more traditional Zelda, right? Like what Mark is saying. I think that will exist in some way. Uh, I just don't think it'll be made by that A team, right? I think like the, the Link's Awakening team, maybe they're working on another remake or maybe something original that's just missed me like smaller scale. Like, oh, I'd love that. I think that'd be really cool. Sure. But yeah, I think maybe I, I was know. meaning like, would we ever get a, I'm trying to think of like a, a, li- a more linear 3D Zelda, like, like a another, Twilight, yeah, yeah, like a Twilight Princess or a, you know, a Wind Waker, where you know it's 3D Zelda, but it's just linear and there's no sandbox stuff. I feel like eventually, of course, they can go back to it. Yeah. But well, let me I Google think, Zelda series sales to get an answer for you. I feel uh, like they've shot themselves in the foot with with Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom because. Uh, so they have just kind of dominated with with these two titles. So Breath of the 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 after Breath of the Wild, the best selling Zelda according to this cursory Google search, I believe, is Twilight Princess. Uh, and Breath of the Wild sold three times as much as that game. So I think we're pretty much locked in t- <laughs> to this for uh, the foreseeable future. Yeah, I'm not complaining. Yes, it's, you know, I I would it was be, a shower thought I had. I would be happy with a traditional Zelda. I think like I wouldn't be if they had. It would be an odd. It would be a surprising announcement if they're like we're we're going back to our roots. I'd be like, okay. I, mean, I, I think it would take something to come out and not be like universally loved, right? Like look at like the Assassin's Creed franchise. Like they had uh, Origins and Odyssey and Valhalla, and those were all those huge open area games or open world games. And to the point that I think players were starting to get a little bit overwhelmed so that it, it, it kind of made sense that they would like maybe kind of reevaluate like what they're going to hopefully do and maybe go back to something a little bit smaller scale, right? Because those games were so overwhelming that it actually turned some players off. I don't know if Breath of the Wild or Tears of the Kingdom is really that, but like if Nintendo were to maybe like put out a game that wasn't as loved as Breath of the Wild and potentially Tears of the Kingdom, then I think maybe they would reevaluate and maybe look at like going back to the roots of 3D Zelda games. But as as long as they're critically acclaimed and selling well and people are all about them, I think that we're going to continue to get this formula for 3D games. And I, I, I do think that you're right, Marcus, that we will get 2D games that are more along the lines of like, a link between worlds or links awakening. And, and real quick, before we move on, I do want to correct myself. Uh, 
it looks like Ocarina of Time, if you consider like the 3D version on 3DS and stuff, is the best selling at like about 14 million copies. And Breath of the Wild sold about 31 million copies. So it's still like Breath of the Wild is still sold twice as good as the second best selling Zelda game. So like, I think it's a critical success and a financial success. And I, I think I just, I just curious would be curious what would be next. It's like maybe the next one would be a, a position, a place where they do start from scratch, right? Maybe we do leave Hyrule for whatever the Tears of the Kingdom follow up is, and we we do go somewhere new. I don't yeah. know. We've never gone to space in Zelda. Mario's yeah, been to space. Um, Link, well, Link has to, to get there too. We've been to the moon, Marcus. We have been to the moon. The moon came to us. So. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, well, Marcus, you've been playing uh, Darkest Dungeon 2, which released uh, in 1.0, I believe, on this past Tuesday. How is it? I guess we should give a primer on what Darkest Dungeon is, but I know like 2 kind of shifts and changes the mold from, from 1, which was a 2D, you know, roguelite, roguelike, roguelite dungeon crawler sort of thing where you're managing like your character's emotional threshold and their like depression amidst like these turn-based battles that were really gruesome um what what is dark ascension 2 how are you liking it yeah i was gonna say don't ask me to do the primer for the first game because i never played it uh, <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> it was always on my list to play but i was always intimidated by it because every time people i know that played it would talk about it it'd be like i love this game and then he would preface it with it made me cry and rage and break things <laughs> and i was like do i want that in my life am i like what's the mood that i have to be in to to suffer through this and now look so. at you now you love from software games so like you are i like well, i like from software games when the first one came out there was something about darkest dungeon i don't know you i, I told myself that too i was like i can handle these i let me just play this 2D thing. I don't know. Some of the 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 soul crushing really got to me. But I wanted to try the <laughs> sequel. Uh, it looks... So, like, forgive me if I'm going to say things that were, like, stuff in the first game. It's because this is, like, my first reaction to, like, Darkest Dungeon in general. Okay. But, you know, it's that same format of, like, you got a party of dudes. Uh, you're traveling up a roguelike map. I know the big difference is that uh, they do like a 3D style presentation where you're in a little uh, caravan, like a wagon, that you're striving up the, uh, like instead of just selecting on a web of like, I think I'll go this way. It's like, no, you're yeah. physically moving in a cart and then you're presented with forks in the road and choosing them. The cart itself moves automatically. You're just sort of steering it, which you can use to like run into like obstacles to get uh items from them like hay bales you'll find like coins or just other objects and then you'll find stops along the road of like enemies or like just different story scenarios where you'll make choices which i know is like an element of the first game and yeah it's a lot of that same thing of like managing your party members stress and just general sanity as well as their like relationships with each other because of the decisions you make you know everyone has an opinion about something so you'll, they'll be like, hey, I think we should do this. And the other person's like, I don't know. I think we should go the other way. And then you go with that person. And because of that, the person that wanted the opposite choice is mad at you. Or they're mad at the other guy. <laughs> so now your party members are like some trouble in paradise, basically. So you're like, all right, you guys, we don't have time to be doing all this infighting. We got all these weird zombies coming at us. And all of you guys are stressed. And I got to give you some whiskey at the hotel to calm you down. <laughs> it's a... Uh, 
it's a little overwhelming like i'm not super far into it like i've only recently started like my first real run after the sort of like prologue chapter um but i i'm starting to like i won't say it has like hooks in me but they're starting to like they're starting to pierce there the flesh. are I, I feel them <laughs> touching the and, and the, the pressure is being applied a little bit where i'm like oh okay i think i'm starting to see and i like roguelike games it's not like i like i understand the appeal of roguelikes but like with this game's reputation of being so soul crushing and you know having to manage some of the stuff there's the strategy of learning each character sort of like strengths and weaknesses and also how they work together and how they synergize um you know i only have the four starter people but i know you get more along the way but like trying to figure out who works well with who and also the formation of them uh it's got a bit of a you know a turn-based tactics vibe to it and i like those games too and the fights that i've done so far have been even in the early uh going have been like somewhat stressful uh, of like oh wow okay these guys are hard like i gotta move people around like it, i like that it doesn't i haven't had a chance to like wrestle my laurels even in the beginning like i'm I'm finding myself having to move unit positions and you know even doing things like passing turns which i always hate doing in strategy games like i hate i almost never pass turns i'm like you an gotta get your nothing. ap back up I, I know i'm like unless it's part of like the mechanics i'm like i'm just gonna come at you and whatever <laughs> happens happens because it's like one less turn where i don't do anything that's one more turn that you're on the field in front of me <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, right. but this game you kind of can't do that and i kind of appreciate it for that just that added layer of depth but uh yeah it's it's cool it, it looks neat it's depressing yeah it's just like oh, yeah. everyone's having a bad time all the time. I just want to evaluate like, that sentence. It looks neat. It's depressing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I found like, because uh, uh, you can learn the backstories of your little caravan peeps. I found like one for one of my ladies that told some sad story about how she was like married and miserable, even though she came from like a rich family. And you're wondering if anyone has like a cool, like happy backstory. <laughs> No. probably not because everyone in the team like there's a plague doctor dude and there's like a bandit guy who covers his face uh probably the happiest dude and this is relatives. like the paladin or the warrior yeah dude. the night guy but he's kind of yeah. mad at me now because i i did something he didn't want to do so i don't know if he's like happy with me specifically <laughs> at the moment and these, so these are all to... like just these are dialogue things right that they're, they're just like you're having getting these conversations with people and that's when you learn that they're upset with you right or are they like are they like not following your directions in combat? Is it more of a gameplay thing? Uh, I don't know how far it goes. I think it, I think if it gets too like, if it goes too south, I think it is a thing where it can adversely affect the team if yeah. they just hate your guts. Okay, okay. Uh, and that's just from my like osmosis understanding of the first game. Uh, so yeah, you know, since it's early, he's just more like miffed at me, so he's not gonna like <laughs> try to sabotage everything we're doing. Um, but. Yeah, I, I I'm liking it so far. I'm gonna keep playing. I'm gonna try to try to get into the darkest dungeon, like uh, I guess the wagon. I guess literally, I'm I'm on the bandwagon. Jump on the bandwagon. Yeah, I'm trying to jump on it and dodge things and also try to protect it. And I think also the wagon you have to like ma- uh, manage because you can give it like equipment and it can break down. Like there's some routes That's you new. take That's that have cool. traps. Yeah, like I I drove through one like. I'm in like a jungle right now 
And unknowingly, I went down a road where all of a sudden I just got bombarded by arrows and it like took a chunk of my caravan's health. And I got these tool tips saying like, hey, if your thing breaks down, uh, there's like a, you have to step out and repair it and then it triggers some sort of combat encounter or something. I haven't done that yet, but now I'm afraid to because uh, my wagon is currently like a hit away from that <laughs> happening. So I'm a little like, okay, I'm trying to see where I can, uh, which routes I can take to go. And there's like watchtowers you can find that can reveal uh, all the different stops ahead. Because uh, initially you can't see everything ahead. Like some stuff just has question marks. So you don't know where you're getting into unless you find a watchtower and it functions like a watchtower in basically every other game. But yeah, I'm, I, I'm starting to get into it. I, I feel like this is a bad time for this to come out right <laughs> oh, before sure. Zelda <laughs> and in between Star Wars, which I'm also still very much playing. Um, but I think I'm going to chip away at it. I, I do wish that, uh, cause it's only available on PC right now. It's coming to consoles later, but I, I would love to have this on switch right mm. now, honestly. Uh, yeah, and your switch is like pretty open, right? Like you don't, they're not doing anything on your switch. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I'm still playing a lot of dredge actually on my switch oh, okay. right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's keeping it warm for Zelda, but, uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's how switches work yeah you have to keep them warm or else they yeah. break <laughs> oh yeah they shut down and never turn back on again just whispering yes. to dredge don't worry you can stay installed up until may 11th you're still gonna be on the hard drive don't worry <laughs> that's why i'm laying in bed playing master duel every night on it uh so but yeah i, I i'm i'm digging it so far I'm, I'm i'm starting to get it cool well speaking of star wars real quick i just want to say holy hell i am a lot further in Jedi Survivor now that I've put Redfall behind me. Uh, by the way, if you want to go and read my full Redfall review, it's out. Go over to GameInformer.com. Alex, do you mind uh, if I, I share? A... Oh, please, please go ahead. Yeah, sure, sure. No, 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 no. What? what? I, I, your Slack message when you finished Redfall <laughs> just really cracked me up. Yeah, I think it was like I don't <laughs> what remember I what it was. It was like late in the night, and you're like, <laughs> I think you just wrote like in the general Slack for the office. You're like, finish Redfall uninstalled Redfall. <laughs> it's like, well, that's the review right there. That's all I need to know. Yeah, I ended up giving it a five. Oh, um, oh, that's such a bummer. Yeah, it is a bummer. Um, you can go and read that uh, at GameInformer.com. It is up now. Uh, but I've been playing, now that I'm done with that, I've jumped back into Jedi Survivor, which we talked about in recent shows. Like That's been a big surprise for me how much I really like that game. It's so and, good. Yeah, very, very and good. I just got... I, I'm going to say the planet name, and if you've seen it, you'll know. But uh, I I did a thing on Jetta, the planet Jetta, and it was like a pretty big set piece. And my jaw was on the floor afterwards. I, I tweeted uh, the other day that, like, it, you know, Uncharted's mouth would be watering if it saw this, this section. And then I had a few Uncharted fans be really mad at me for saying that. But Uncharted's great. I love Uncharted. But Jedi Survivor, I just was not expecting it. And it kind of comes out of nowhere. And I messaged uh, Miller because he's beaten the game. So I felt like I could talk to him about it. And I was like, I, we have to write this down for moment of the year uh, for the end, of the end of the year discussion. Because I was just so blown away by, by oh, uh, the I'm set on, piece. I'm on Jedi, but I don't. I don't think I'm where you are. I didn't watch your clip because I wasn't sure where you were. Sure. Like, so yeah. similar to Fallen Order, like you'll re you'll go to planets that you've already been to, and it happens the second time. 
Uh, it's kind of like the climax of I that. I must be coming up on it then. Yeah, it kind of kind of comes out of nowhere a little bit, but but yeah, it's I just I love this game so much. Right now, like I haven't obviously I haven't played Zelda. As of right now, Zelda or God, uh Jedi is my favorite game of the year. It's just uh I, I think, you know, obviously there's like a, a, a few, there's still some technical issues they need to sort out, but I'm running on PC on a, I think I'm running on a 3090. Yeah, there's actually a new patch at least coming today yeah. as of this recording. Yeah. I, it's yeah. funny. I the, my sort of res, my reaction to Fallen uh, or Survivor rather, rather, which I was playing, but I did I did drop for Zelda. Um, is that like everyone kind of starts sort of fine on it, right? It's like, yeah, it's cool. More 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 Fallen Order. This this is great. But I feel like I'm seeing a lot of people like you, Alex, where like by the end they're like a game of the year contender. Like this is like fantastic. Like apparently it 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 sounds like it's kind of a slow burn almost, where it's like it gets yeah. really good. Uh, but you just got to kind of make your way into it a little bit, right? I think you got to, I think you should probably focus on mainlining it a little That's bit. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's a pretty big I, game. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of side stuff that opens up really early and it can kind of, and it's like, I don't think the side stuff is bad. Like, I've done a good bit of it, but it can meander and like, it kind of comes right, right when the plot starts to like get going. Right. So, whereas like, right. you should probably just keep going further with the story before sort of like cutting it off at the knees yeah. you know what i mean i want to get back to it yeah 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 it'll be a while but Definitely i do make time I do for get it. Back to it make some time for you because i i'm even like some i didn't i mean i i enjoyed fallen order I, I liked its potential like i saw a lot of potential there but i didn't end up finishing it i actually i watched y'all stream of it uh the replay stream to like get caught up on the story and then jumping into survivor i was like skeptical like am i gonna is this just gonna be like more of the same for me and it's just like completely like it's that game when I have like a spare 30 minutes, I'm just like, I got to jump in and, you know, I, I, I'm, what I'm really trying to do is beat it before the tears of the kingdom releases. on. That Friday. was my plan. And then, uh, that did not happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's still not going to happen. <laughs> I, I think I can beat it. I've been talking to friends and telling them where I'm at. And I, I think I can beat it before then, because I know what happens after Zelda releases. But I will say, I'll, I'll echo your sentiment there. I, I, before Zelda came out, it was my favorite game of the year as well. Like, I love Jedi Survivor, and I'm not even as far as you are right now. Um, so I, I, I'm having a great time with it. And, you know, even though I'm not excited to put Zelda behind me, I am excited to get back to it once I feel like yeah. I put a bow on, on Tears of the Kingdom. So it, I'm glad yeah. that that is waiting for me, and it's not going to be like this weird, like, dead zone for me once i finish zelda like oh well now what because it's like i already have like the yeah. next thing lined up which is probably parts two and three acts two and three of uh of jedi yeah. survivor is what's waiting for me yeah yeah it, it feels like this series assassin's creed 2 oh okay like going right. in and fixing basically everything i had a problem with in the first game and even the story i think i'm a little bit more into in this one now that it's like kind of gotten going and I and I, I like the first game story like pretty quite a bit, but I don't know. There's something about the the reunion angle that's really speaking to me, of like catching up with the old crew and all that stuff. That I'm like, oh man, I'm like super into this, and I'm liking a lot of the new characters and Turgle man. Like, <laughs> Is it that frog? I, I that weird frog guy? Yeah, voiced by the, Invader Zim. Yeah, Raz is just Raz from Psycho. Oh my god, right. <laughs> as yeah, a frog. Yeah, Raz, yeah. So I was playing it prior to release, and like you know, that character was not really listed anywhere. I was scouring the IMDb page trying to figure out who the voice actor was because it sounded so familiar. You were? 
Yes. <laughs> I, how do you not like know a, who that is? No, it's straight up Raz. Like, it's straight up well, Raz. I, I've never boy. played Psychonauts. So I, I, oh, okay, okay. Wait, I'm oh, sorry. Okay. But like Vader Zim. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. No, that's so funny. Now yeah. it makes, like, because I was like, I know that yeah. voice. Why Why does it sound so familiar? It has to be somebody I know. And now that you said Invader Zim, I'm like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's in me. Yeah, he kind of, he just has such a distinct voice. I don't mean to be rude to you, Brian. I'm sorry. I feel like the game, like, the... <laughs> Like talking about the side stuff, even if I said mainline early on, like I think it is fun to go back to the main planet where all this, you know, with the uh, cantina. That yeah, you're, Kobo you're running. Kobo. Like I, I go in there every chance I get and go talk to everybody again because they're always updating. Like they got new conversations and you learn more new things about them. And you know, Turtles there too. So you're like, oh man, I got to check out my man T. What's he doing? <laughs> <That's> T. Uh, <laughs> and. Uh, and also, just it's really satisfying just watching it expand as you complete it quests. Is. And you know, it's not a new thing in games, but I think Star Wars does it really well. Uh, just because I think the personalities that gradually fill it up are like genuinely interesting and, and like fun to talk to. And they offer like good rewards, like really solid rewards for like there's several like vendors and like side currencies in this game that you get from exploring. And a lot of them are like, I, I remember one just the other day I w- I had like, I've been killing some bounty hunters and they drop uh, like a, uh, an item that you can exchange for goods. And it ended up allowing me to unlock the ability. If I'm fighting certain types of droids, I exchanged my currency for an ability to where if I get the droid low enough, I can throw BD one at it and it will BD will take over the robot. And now the robot's my ally and like running around and killing stuff with me. And that was just like a power I got from trading in like a currency that I got from doing other things in the game. Yeah, I got that too. It's uh, it's cool. And just the, uh, I had this revelation when I was playing over the weekend, just hanging out in the cantina where it's like, I think this might, it's up there with Hi-Fi Rush of maybe my favorite like band of characters in a game so oh, far. Yeah, yeah. Because a lot of my favorite characters of the year so far are from Hi-Fi Rush. But now I'm like, oh, it's going to be a Jedi Survivor clash. Like, it's going to be Corsica versus Turgul. And I don't know if I'm ready to have that conversation yet. <laughs> like, it's <funny>. better. <laughs> uh, I, I looked well, it up. Uh, by the way, Alex, I looked up. We can share the size of Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, oh, okay. 16.3 gigabytes. So however long it takes you to download 16.3 gigabytes, that's the time you have to beat uh uh, Jedi Dang. Survivor. <laughs> well, I have gigabit internet. Oh no! So. <laughs> yeah, but you're downloading it over the, the Nintendo Switch Online. Oh, that's oh, that that is true. That is true. As long as it's in sleep, you can also, I believe, preload it. So yeah, I've seen people sharing <laughs> screenshots. Yeah, like, I should. The I tile, probably, it's here. Oh right, right. I should probably pull my Switch out and buy Tears of the Kingdom after we're done with the show. Yeah, you can buy it for me too if you want. Get it. I, I you know, I'm gonna let you do that for yourself. I feel like you know, <laughs> treat yourself, self care. <laughs> I thought it was like yeah. host perks. You know. Ah <laughs> uh, yes. Uh well, before we get into uh, a few listener questions, which are all about Zelda, Marcus, in in Slack, you said you had. A Benedict Fox. So you've been playing the last case of Benedict Fox. Right. You said you ran into a troubling disaster. Yeah, as my camera gets blurry for a second. Hold on. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I, I talked about this game last week, right? Um, and I was yeah. like, oh, it's pretty solid so far. It's got some some hitches and bugs here and there. And uh, in particular, I called out a, a save bug where I lost like a decent chunk of po- progress last week, even though I, I thought it saved because uh, I had that happen again. 
recently, but like on a on a grander scale <laughs> where I went back in, started playing again. Again, I'm like, I, I'm feeling this game. I don't really like the combat very much, and it, it does have some uh some rough edges, but overall I'm like into this, and it's like I'm a Metroidvania like freak, you know. So it's it's scratching that itch. And I, I spent a night, like I found like a whole new section of the game, like a separate map, basically. And I'm like, oh, okay, let's do it. And also I beat a very challenging, like, not necessarily a boss, but like a like a combat slash puzzle section that it, it's kind of treated like a boss. Uh and it took like, I kid you not, maybe like 10, 12 tries to to get through. So do that, find this whole other part of the map. I explore like a decent chunk of it, also because of the game structure, because you have to double back to the main house to where all the puzzle solving lies. I'm like going back there, I solve like, okay, I'm opening these doors. I got these, all these notes that I got that are telling me how to solve these uh, different riddles. And then I stop for the night. I make like really good progress in the second map. I go into the menu because I already have like the trepidation about saving. So I, yeah. I go into the menu and I hit save and exit just to be sure, even though it, sh- it should have auto saved like 25 times just because of things I had done. But I was like, I'm just going to manually save anyway. I turn it off, leave, uh, to come back the next day, turn it back on. And all of it was gone. Like the only, it, it, it started me literally at the point that I was when I first started that last session. Like it had oh. not any, all the new stuff I had done gone gone (laughs) i like including the boss fight and or like the like whatever combat section boss fight thing that took me like 12 tries i was like outside the door for it (laughs) okay so what's what's, so i assume you're never touching this game again yeah that was my question (laughs) oh i after trying like in vain to like is there a way because you can load games like maybe if i like auto load instead of hitting continue it'll like somehow maybe have generated a save or something and nope, it was just. And again, remember, uh, I manually saved and everything. Such and a bummer. I was like, I was like, yeah, and I was just like, I can't, I, I can't. <laughs> you know, I just that was just my. I, I haven't. There's no the going game. back after that. Yeah, sorry, because I mean, even because now it's like I'm afraid of the game. It's like I can't. Trust <laughs> it, you know, it's like unless I beat it in one shot, I can't. Like I'm always gonna be afraid to stop. <laughs> who knows when it's gonna save or not. So yeah, that was a huge bummer, and I've never, I can't, I literally cannot remember the last time I ran into like any sort of save issue like that. Like even games that have like have had those save bugs, I've been lucky to like not run into them. That's like know? that's yeah. like a old that's like a uh, memory card issue, right? Like yes. that's like you would have issues with that when you had physical memory cards that you had to insert and stuff. But it's been yeah, it's it been reminded a while. me when my. When my cousin erased my Final Fantasy X save when I was like seventy per- yeah. percent of the and way, and he's no the longer game. your cousin now. <laughs> uh, he, he's, he's no longer queens. with us okay. in general. <laughs> <laughs> Cut him out of my life. Wait, wait, for real? No, oh, I mean, okay. no, I mean, he's he's fine. Okay, okay. Um, the the save thing is real. He's just not yeah. part of your your crew. I also anymore, had a right. Final Fantasy X save disaster when I was playing on PS2 back in the day. Like, I got all the way to Bavel. And, it, you know, there's a very difficult boss battle, you know, it's your first time playing, uh, going into Bavel. And I remember I got stuck on it and I was like, you know what? I kind of want to just like play a, like a fresh save file. I'll, I'll save my old one, but like, I'll come back to that eventually. <laughs> and like, you know, if you, when you go into the Final Fantasy X save selector, 
I just mindlessly oh. kept hitting X to get to like saving. Oh. And it was like, are you sure you want to overwrite? And you know, it asks you it every time. So I'm like, oh yeah, absolutely. Overwrite. And I was, I remember watching it as soon as I hit like, yes, I would like to overwrite and just going like, like, oh, oh my just, God, oh. I can't believe hands on the back of my head. And then I threw my Terrible. controller because <laughs> that was like <laughs> Macaulay Culkin face. It was probably like 45 <laughs> hours. And that was my first oh, time. Playing. I did the same thing with crackdown on 360 one of my favorite games ever okay. i had beaten the game and i was like super high level like my dude's like crazy buff and like i can jump over buildings and there was something where i was doing co-op online and we were hunting achievements because i was trying to get a thousand out of a thousand and somehow i overwrote my save and, oh. and yeah so i just i never got that thousand out of a thousand because see is that I don't even know if it's, if it's better or worse when you do it versus yeah. somebody else doing it. It's like, because then you're mad at yourself. At least, like, I don't know if it's better that I could blame someone. But then I don't even know for sure if it was them because they happen. And I think I might have. I forget. You've played Final Fantasy X more recently than I have, ten, uh, Brian. But my my save disaster happened when I got to Mount Gagazette and I was stuck on the, the boss fight with Seymour up there. Yeah, one of the most difficult uh, boss battles of that game. Yeah, like, I was stuck there. And then I was like, I need a break. I'm going to you know, walk away from this. I went, my cousins who were like much younger to me were over at my house at this time. And then me and my mom had to go out for like shopping or something. And then I come back and I'm like, okay, I, I'm ready. Like I, I'm recharged. I think I can take them now. You know, you boot it up and you get the horrifying, like save not found uh, notification. Uh. And then like looking around and they were in the room and they, they knew how to use the PS2 because they had played it and stuff. Like they weren't <laughs> like that, that young. And it was like, it, somehow you guys did this <laughs> like because there's no one no one was here what's that what's that bit that's like the shortest the shortest uh sad story you can write is it in the fewest words right save not found <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and then i had to restart from there and because i was like yeah i had to have that conversation like do i keep i was like but i love this game i need to see how it ends i love this well, game. well that so was much. the one thing that really really like kind of broke my heart with breath of the wild was that I had in order to play it again, I had to delete my original save because there's no multiple save That's files. Right. Unless you do a hero mode or whatever it's called, then you can have yeah, two master, se- mode. master mode. Could you, you just two separate what ones. if you made like a separate switch profile with that count? It, you could do that. Yeah. Yeah, actually we got we're gonna stream or maybe at the time you're listening to this, we already streamed. I gotta figure out a way to start the game over without deleting my save, Brian, so we can stream it. Because <laughs> we gotta start from the beginning. Mm-hmm. But, you uh, get a live reaction of you doing this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> deleting your save. Uh, <laughs> hopefully I figure it out. All right. Well, that's like when that, that would be like when we did a replay of like that rare, like Mega Man two uh, on Game Boy. Do you remember that episode? And no, like, I don't think I was on that one. No. It was like Mega Man two on Game Boy or whatever. And Reiner had me look up how much the game was worth currently sealed. And it was like a few thousand dollars. And then he just opened it immediately on camera. And it's like, <laughs> all right. That is so chaotic. <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds about right for the old days. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, well, before we get to the end of the show with some listener questions, let's just quickly jump through housekeeping. Uh, like I said, at the top of the show, if you want to support us, uh, grab a magazine subscription or purchase a single issue over at GameStop.com slash Game Informer. Uh, if you want to read the magazine, uh, head over to GameInformer.com slash magazine and follow the the instructions and you can, you know, get set up. And uh, we've, we've 
got a great book this month. Diablo is currently our, our cover story and a lot of great things. We've got a really awesome essay in there about um, how Shinmu was a grief simulator for a father who um, lost a child. It's a very beautiful piece. Uh, of course, we have Marcus's cover story. There's a ton of stuff in that issue. And then, you know, here in a few weeks, you'll, you'll have a new one to look forward to. Head over to twitch.tv slash Game Informer. Be sure to follow us there. We've been streaming quite a bit lately. And uh, Marcus and Kyle have been playing through Banjo-Kazooie, Nuts and Bolts. The VODs are over on youtube.com slash Game Informer Shows. And yeah, follow, follow the crew here on social media. You can follow Brian on Instagram at Brian P. Shea. It's good content, uh, Alex. <laughs> yes, yes, thank you. Yes, for the audio <laughs> listeners, Kyle is holding up the magazine and, and modeling he's, it. He's Vanna Whiting. Very job. well, yeah. It looks great. You have beautiful hands, Kyle. Well, Vanna White's uh, from my hometown. What can I say? Oh, oh wow. Learn from the best. Wow. What are they putting <laughs> in that water? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fluoride, I guess. <laughs> you can follow the world's number one Vanna White impersonator, <laughs> Kyle Hilliard. <laughs> on twitter at kyle and you know i could change my name to that now because like the blue check marks are a thing of the past yeah, so i please can just change do. my name as much as i want yeah isn't she dead no so, she's still on wheel of fortune she's still alive yeah uh, oh is she yeah. oh okay i say her that that shows because i was gonna su- <laughs> yeah because i was gonna suggest stealing her identity because she was deceased let's which ask. Is, i think you can legally do uh, yeah. a contributor of ours uh freelancer jason finelli we'll ask him he he was on an episode of wheel of fortune what so we'll, oh we'll check in with oh. him oh yeah. That's cool. Uh, and then lastly, follow Marcus at Marcus Stewart seven on social media. You can follow me at it's Van Aiken. Uh, sh- go listen to all things Nintendo, which again is the, the podcast that Shay hosts and it's up every Friday and it's all about Nintendo. You guessed it. I assume there's going to be a lot of Zelda talk in the coming weeks, um, nah. but yeah, go and listen. <laughs> nah, nah, maybe go and listen to all things Nintendo uh, wherever you listen to this podcast and then go and follow us on TikTok at game underscore informer. Oh, and very last note, shout out to Matt storm, our podcast editor for this show. Uh, you can go and listen to their podcasts. Uh, if you like general gaming shows and want another one, uh, it's called fun and games. And then if you're a Bioware fan, you can go and listen to their Bioware show called reignite. I definitely recommend them. All right. Let's jump into listener questions. If you want to submit one, you can email us podcast at gameinformer.com with a subject line game informer show question or join our discord, which you get access to by supporting us on Twitch with a, uh, a Twitch description and in the game informer show channel, just drop your question and I'll throw it in our Google doc. Most likely first question this week comes from Danny phantom who asks, do you guys think the mechanics of breath of the wild and tears of the kingdom are here to stay for the series going forward or when will nintendo reinvent the wheel again so we kind of covered this a little bit when when we were talking earlier but i guess let's let's focus in do we think nintendo will reinvent the wheel again uh with this series yes someday someday i I think that it's kind of going to breath of the wild kind of signaled the new era of the 3d zelda game the way ocarina of time did back in on n64 and I think, you know, most of the 3D Zelda games that came after Ocarina of Time up until Breath of the Wild were largely based on that formula that Ocarina of Time laid out back in the late 90s. And I think now Breath of the Wild has kind of laid the new foundation and we're going to have this be like kind of the the 
new era of Zelda games. But eventually, yeah, there will be a new reinvention of the series. It's just, you know, it'll probably be a while. I wonder if they ever sort of like do the reverse of going back to making an Ocarina style Twilight Princess game, but they adopt mechanics from the Breath of the Wild, I guess, games and sort of rework them into that of like, oh, it's Twilight Princess, but you can climb anything <laughs> for some reason. And like has a, <laughs> yeah, a stamina meter. Like, did they ever repurpose any of those mechanics to work in the other formats, I guess? I don't know. I have, yeah, maybe. I have thought about that with like, all right, what if they ever did like an Ocarina of Time remake? Like a full-on remake, not just like the, the 3D version where it was a remaster, but like, you know, would they do it in the style of Breath of the Wild where it's like, all right, Hyrule Field is now this massive thing and then you can go up Death Mountain and through Kakariko Village. Cut down the Deku tree to get like sticks. Yeah, like... To like form new weapons. Yeah, the ocarina can break and play it too many times. <laughs> it's funny because all those elements are in Breath of the Wild, right? Like they could just like plop down a, a, a the uh, the water temple, you know, just in Breath of the Wild's <laughs> world or something like that. Yeah. So it's like I thought about that, but I don't know how well it would work or if it would really even capture the the spirit of Ocarina of Time. It might just have to be its own distinct thing if they want to do kind of like a more linear experience, but with a like with, with these expanded mechanics and more open-ended mechanics like i think that that would be possible but i i think for the time being they're probably going to stick to kind of the open-ended version of the franchise that we have right now all right next question comes from mike j lunt who asks i'm a big fan of the inside baseball chat so i wondered what it's like to as a games journalist on a big release like tears of the kingdom does Matt Miller just give you all the day off to play Zelda while whoever's reviewing it holds the fort because they obviously have already done, have already beaten the game or is it like any other day? It's uh, it's kind of like any other day, honestly. Yeah. I, th- I mean, that's not to say, I mean, I'm going to try to take the day. Yeah, off. Early, I mean, but... I, we haven't talked about <laughs> this, but I imagine there might be an opportunity to like take Friday off, you know, everyone get your work done and then everyone can go play Zelda casually, you know, but I think, I, the funny thing is like, I think in a, in a more traditional job, like I remember when portal two came out, I basically just called in sick. Right. Like, yeah. And it's like, like anyone questioned that or anything like that, but here at like game informer, I think it would, it would come down to us just having, not having to be, but like, we would be honest and be like, Hey, I'm going to use some time off to play Zelda. We would be okay with that. I been the last time I did that was last guardian. The day last guardian came out, I was not on the review. But I was like, hey, I'm going to take the day off to play Last Guardian. I'm going to get ahead of my work. And as long as we're all communicating, like, that's okay. <laughs> you know, you just got to, yeah. like, sort of make sure everyone knows what's going on, you know? It sort of benefits anyway, because it's like, even if we're playing it for fun, I could still filter back into content in some way. If, like, Definitely. a feature idea arises for a bit. Or just, you know, at the very least, game of the year discussions at the end of the year. Like, hey, I, I can weigh in on this better. And, I mean, there have been times... In that, in the vein of their uh, question, that for Game of the Year specifically, we've sort of taken days off to just play games to like catch up on things that we had not played yet for you know those meetings. So it's like, oh, these are game days where we're just gonna like, I'm just gonna play this game that's been on my backlog that I know everybody likes, or it's gonna be brought up in the meeting in some capacity. So I'm gonna focus on playing on that today, where it's like a day off, but like not all the way, I guess, because I'm using it to catch up on stuff. So I guess that's like the closest thing to what they were suggesting. And there's always streaming too. Like, yeah, which, uh, it's like if we can stream a game before it comes out or on the day it comes out, like, 
yeah, that's valuable to us. It's like I think Marcus, we're probably gonna try to stream Zelda on Friday instead of nuts and bolts. Yeah, we'll see. Be me. Yeah, me playing. Uh... I mean, I, it would. I would feel bad for you if literally Twitch is just all Tears of the Kingdom, and Marcus is like, "Well, I'm gonna play some nuts and bolts." <laughs> There's a comedy to that that makes me want to do it. <laughs> <That's> true, <laughs> like I'm playing. Like, we got Tears of the Kingdom at home. It's called Banjo's <laughs> Nuts and Bolts. So we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> That's funny, but I think that's a it. Fun also helps because we're we're kind of round, we're kind of rounding out our our uh, latest magazine uh, this week, and so it's like, oh, Breath of the Wild's gonna or God, Tears of the Kingdom is gonna be like a nice re- reward for finishing out that book. Yeah, I feel like for a lot of people. Yeah, and in terms of the getting the review, I I think maybe this is interesting to the questioner as well. The person asked the question is like. For, for Tears of the Kingdom, like Brian and I talked a lot, I made sure to not start any big projects around the time when we thought it was coming. And then probably to a fault, maybe Brian, you can tell me this now, I basically just was like offline. Like I wasn't really checking Slack. <laughs> I wasn't really checking email. <laughs> maybe important discussions were happening, but I was like, I'm playing Zelda, I don't care. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be like 10 p.m. and Kyle responds to something I sent like in the morning. Yeah, I was like, oh, he's 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 working. He's, he's around. That's funny. Um, two more questions. Matt Storm wants to know who? what everyone's favorite. Oh yeah, who? Yeah. Uh, Matt asks, what's everyone's favorite Zelda games? Mine is a tie between the Minish Cap and a Link Between Worlds. All right, so Matt likes the top-down Zeldas. Yes, my my favorite is Breath of the Wild. I have a video on the Game Informer YouTube channel about how that game kind of made me a Zelda fan. And uh, yeah, so that'd be my answer. How about how about you, Kyle? Uh, my my answer is always Ocarina of Time. That that was the game. That was my first Zelda. I, I wouldn't be in this career if I hadn't played Ocarina of Time. Like that changed how I felt about video games as a medium of artistic expression. Like that game made me feel things that I didn't know a video game could make you feel, whether that was like a, a sense of achievement or like just like truly feeling like I was experiencing something magical. It's like, and I'm no game can kind of undo that experience that I had when I played it as a child, as much as I adore Breath of the Wild and even Twilight Princess, I really is maybe like second for me. I really love Twilight Princess, but uh, yeah, Ocarina is always my answer. Shay? Ocarina was my answer for about 20 years and then uh, Breath of the Wild came out. And I think it was for all the same reasons that Kyle just said about Ocarina is like, it gave me that feeling that I never thought I was going to have again, which, you know, Ocarina was the only, like pretty much the last game to give me that, that feeling of, of wonder and accomplishment and like magic. And I was like, all right, well now I'm desensitized to like big open world (laughs) games. And then Breath of the Wild kind of like, was like, oh no, you can still feel things. So it kind of (laughs) like that, that's why Breath of the Wild, like it kind of awakened that part of me again. And it was, you know, that that's why it is my number one and Ocarina is now my number two. Awesome. Marcus? Man, this is boring, but it's Breath of the Wild. I feel like the answer (laughs) has changed a few times as someone that really got into Zelda maybe a little later, like when I was in my early 20s, I didn't like, in terms of like playing the games all the way through, just not uh, only playing some of it on like Super Nintendo and then not having an N64 or GameCube. So like, I don't have the Ocarina magical moments <laughs> memory. I beat that game when I was in college. And so it just didn't hit the you same You were doing way. research like, at that point. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was like, I had beaten other Zeldas and I was like, well, this is the one everybody likes. So I played the original N64 version, which, you know, had aged great but like i could appreciate it but it just i don't i can't look at it from that lens so yeah uh i'd say it's 
I will say before it was Breath of the Wild, it was probably a tie between the Link to the Past and a Link Between Worlds. I know they're pretty much like brother sister games, but Link Between Worlds is so weirdly almost underrated. Like really amazing game. Nobody it's awesome. really talks about it the way you think you would, because I think that game is excellent. Like I have I have a trouble finding something negative to say about that game. <laughs> oh <laughs> too fun. I do I do want to give a shout out to a game informer community member Chris Rader. I went and met up with him at a local brewery the other day. And he gave me his extra copy oh, nice. of Majora's Mask 3D, which I haven't, I've never played Majora's Mask. Me neither. Yeah. And, and I've been wanting to get this. And he was like, hey, I've got a copy. Nice. Shout out to Ray. I need to play that one. Or like, actually, well, I have the original through like Switch Online. I could just play that that's one. That's how I played it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's probably a super replay in the future. It's, that's the only 3D Zelda game I've never beaten. Ooh. Yeah, that's that's what Brian said till till this year, right, Brian? Yeah, you, we have a there's an all things Nintendo episode where we dive deep on Majora's Mask because Brian played it for the first time recently, uh, and now I have nothing to make fun of him for anymore because for years I would just uh, yell at him for not having played Majora's Mask. <laughs> okay, well, you could transfer that hate to me now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, I, we actually have. I realize we are running long. I have a me and Shay have a meeting we got to get to, so we're gonna save the rest of the questions we had. Uh, Cody Gibson. Jay Herb and Logan, we're going to read your questions next week. We're still going to be talking about Zelda, obviously. I'm excited to dive even further in once everyone uh, has the ability to play it. Of course, go follow the crew this week on social media. Uh, go leave a review for the podcast. Um, all that fun stuff. Go listen to all things Nintendo. And uh, yeah, I hope everybody listening who's going to be playing Zelda has a really enjoyable time. We'll be back next Thursday, and uh, you can expect to, to hear a lot of thoughts on it. But, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. In the meantime, have a good week. Bye.